This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, we have a show for you. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast, episode 44. Sounds about right. Double fours. I love it. Um, if you're listening to this, you obviously you, you know who the guest is. I, we got them. We got a guest. We have. I've been telling you guys forever. I've been trying to get people on. I've had some nibbles. I've had some guys say yes and then back out. Well, this gentleman I'm having on today said yes, did not back out. Had a lovely chat with him. He is a, an amazing person, amazing fighter, South African zone, Don Madge. Want to know in the UFC, if you do not know, Don Madge is, is uh, UFC. Have you have never seen this fight? He fought on UFC Monk on October 27th. He fought T. Edwards. And uh, in my estimation, let the world on fire on that fight. I was so impressed with the debut. He showed everything, right? Showed crazy stand-up, crazy pace, ground game, finisher. I mean, he finished in the second round. And, and T. Edwards is no slouch. T. Edwards was knocking everybody else out. The guy was like 7-1 with six or seven knockouts in the first round. I don't think he had, I don't think he had ever been to the second round before until we ran into a guy named Don Match. So listen, I know most podcasts will kind of bury the, the you know, halfway through, they'll give you the interview. Um, you know, they got to go through ads, they got to do all that stuff. I want to give you the Don Manage interview right now, right off the top of the show. Um, I know a lot of new listeners, a lot of Don Match fans uh, will be listening to this and you don't need to hear me be talking about whatever the hell I'm going to be talking about after the interview. So if you like the interview, stick around and, and, and enjoy the show. But right now, I'm going to give you the interview with Don Madge, South African Zone, UFC lightweight Don Madge. Enjoy. All right, so we welcome on Don Madge. He's a South African UFC lightweight. In my estimation, he lit the world on fire when he destroyed T. Edwards. Don, how you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for being here, man. I appreciate it. I, I really do. Uh, first off, I, I got to compliment you on your name. After watching you debut, I, I don't think there's a, a stronger name in the UFC. I mean, Don Madge is, is about as strong as it gets, in my opinion. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I got to thank my parents for that one. Right. Yeah, my father's name's Don, so we have that in common. And then just yeah, it just sounds like a tough name. I wish I had that name, but yeah. Uh, where did you get the? Uh, I know you fought in uh, Muay Thai and you went to Thailand. Where did you get the name Mag- uh, Magic Man from? The nickname. Um, that's a pretty funny story. It happened sort of by, by accident. I had a fight in um, in Thailand, and one of one of my friends watched watched the fight, and she she sent me a message like, "Man, you, you, you fought so well. It was it was magic. It was just magic." And so when I when I came back to uh, I came back to South Africa and I was fighting for a, a pro K1 title and um, I wrote down, you know, I was going to try out this new name so I put Don Magic Match and the ring announcer actually got it wrong and said Don Magic Man Match and ever since then I kind of just just stuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I, I, you have, I always, when I trained a little bit, a little background on me, I, I, I trained for, you know, four or five years, never made it to anything, you know, significant, but I never had a nickname and I was, I, you can't nickname yourself. That's like the rule. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah that's cool that it, you got a cool nickname from uh, kind of an accident, but yeah, I think it works. Yeah, I, mean, man. I, 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 I,
I never really had a nickname either, you know. And that, was, that was the first one that I got given, so I just kind of like ran with it. Right, yeah. I think it, I th- I think it fits you perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's just a strong <laughs> all the way together. I wanted to talk about your, your T. Edwards fight. Um, I'm a, th- This podcast, I'm, I'm sure you're not familiar, but I do uh, pickums. I do like I'm a, a MMA handicapper. Um, you were, I don't know if you were aware of how high you were. Uh, they put you at a plus 360 is what some online said you. Did that put a chip on your shoulder? Were you pissed off about that or do you have no idea? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was coming into the fight. Um, I saw the way that they were hyping him up, uh, showing like just of his knockouts and stuff. So, um, and, and, and also the South Africans in the past haven't had great records in the UFC. So I, I knew I was going to be an underdog regardless, you know, even if, even if I came in with a lot of hype, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't put a chip on my shoulder, you know, it, it, it kind of, every fight to me is the same and uh, I, I I walk in there and I have the same intention regardless of if I'm the underdog or if I'm the favorite. In fact, I prefer being the underdog. Yeah, well, you came out, man. I tell you, because you know T. Overt, he was, I think he was seven and one with like six yeah. knockouts, yeah. and you came out guns a blazing, droppable within the first thirty seconds. I jumped out of my seat. I woke up. You know, I have a little eighteen month old daughter. I woke her up. I went nuts. It was it was just electric. I was like, you know, because unfortunately I didn't know a ton about you. Um, I do know. I believe your teammate fought in the UFC, Gareth McClellan, if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Yeah. So I did know a little bit about him. I saw him fight Paulo Costa. Uh, his, his most recent fight in the UFC and so when I saw you know you're from South Africa and I go okay you know maybe this is you know we'll, you know, we'll see what, and I did some research and I saw that you had a bunch of more tie fights and I know t- you know I watched the contender series and T. Edwards was you know this wrestler and knockout artist and you came out and just blitzed them and then one of my more impressive UFC debuts on my list you know I do a top five list I'll put you right up wow. there. I'll put you right up there because um, you showed your whole game. You know, you're a Muay Thai fighter, and then you about took his arm home with you, which I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you showed a well-rounded game, and then, I mean, it didn't even last a minute into the second round when, when you put him out with that head kick. It was it was awesome. Yeah. My buddy, a buddy of mine who's, who's an uh, MMA handicapper as well, we were just texting like, this dude just let the world on fire right now. It was it was impressive <laughs> stuff, man. I'm so, oh, I'm yeah. so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. So, um... Another little question. I I loved your your post fight with Dan Hardy. You know, it was you, you're full of energy. You, you you obviously just came off a huge win, and you were talking about how you knew he was going to get tired, and he's a wrestler, and they dropped their hands. Um, I know yeah. some I know some guys do a lot of film watching. Are you like a, a film watcher? Do you watch a lot of tape on guys? Uh, no, really. You know, I I. I... I kind of let let my coach my coach does that and uh, he gives me he gives me things that I need to, like look up for or things that I need to work towards in in terms of like my preparation in camp. Um, I don't like to watch I don't like to watch film uh, on guys just just because I feel like you know in every every fight that's going to be out there well most fights that that's going to be out there or, or their highlights it's just going to be them whooping ass and and all you're doing is looking at the stuff that they do well. Um, I'm more focused on the stuff that I do well, and I, and I I plan on going into every fight and and implementing the game plan that I have for that fight, not not necessarily worrying about what he what he does. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard some other guys say that too. I think that's a, a good approach. You know, you got some guys who watch yeah. countless hours of film, but you're you're right. That makes you make a really good point with the fact that any film you're going to watch on YouTube or even what the UFC puts together, it's going to be this guy's highlight package, and might not, yeah, not, exactly. not yeah, so he might not represent who he really is. 
Um, mm-hmm. Another question. I couldn't find this. I was doing a little bit of research on you before before we got on. How many more? Because you're you're a young guy. You're 28 years old. And I know you've been doing this for a while. How many Muay Thai fights do you think you've had? I don't know if you if, if there's an actual record out there for you. Honestly, I, I stopped counting off the 60. Oh, wow. 65 okay, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I stopped counting off the 65 just because I was fighting so often. I was fighting pretty much every single weekend that it, it actually became it became like tiresome to try and like keep keep track of everyone and then write down how I, I used to keep a diary of all the names that, that I used to fight and then write down how I won. Um, and I give myself like little breakdowns of each fight. But, you know, after, after 65, <laughs> like records and stuff don't even really matter anymore, you know, like. You fight so much, especially in Thailand. Like winning and losing wasn't really like a big deal. It was more just about how you fought and how you performed. And uh, you know, that, that, after, after you had so many fights, I kind of just, I kind of just uh, started just focusing on how I fought rather than like who I'm for or how many fights I was having. Right. Yeah, Thailand yeah. is, is an amazing place. Being a lifelong, you know, mixed martial arts fan, I've obviously would love to, to travel over there and see it. And I've obviously watched documentaries and, and vlogs and stuff like that. It just seems like a an amazing atmosphere and culture over there and that's really yeah it's not it sounds it seems awesome i don't know it just it, it I, I had a couple guys at the local gym i went to one guy was he he went over there to teach english like he was teaching english while and he was also training and he was sending me videos of him like kicking down like you know i don't know if they were bamboo trees but trees like to strengthen the shins oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and i'm like <laughs> i was like oh wow okay yeah so it's that yeah. uh, so i knew you're a big you know uh big muay thai guy so yeah that makes sense you i mean after six you, that's all you had to say is after 60 i mean you've you, you're there for the experience and getting better and stuff like that yeah and, and I, I carried on fighting you know i was still i, I think i was still out in thailand for like another almost year and a half um after that so you know i'm i'm i've had i've had a couple fights you know what i mean right yeah you've been in there right yeah that's uh that's really cool well i know you're in uh you're in i heard you on the aerial show you were great by the way and you were um, thank you uh, and I know you're you're tra- you're getting Chris Cyborg ready for her uh, her upcoming title defense over Amanda Nunes. Um, are you are you gonna? I know your main camps in South Africa. You have your team down there. Are you splitting time? Is this gonna be something in the future? Um, not really. I mean, I, I, I have full faith in my team and in my coach. Um, he, he's world class, and I believe that the, the athletes that we do have there are also world class. Um, so it, it's. You know the thing about the thing about South African MMA is that it's not documented as as much as the rest of the world, and and slowly but surely we're starting to come through. You know, creep through the cracks. We got guys fighting in ATB and Brave, and uh, and um, we got guys fighting to Bellator. Like things slowly, slowly, slowly. And obviously I'm in the UFC, but slowly, slowly, slowly we're starting to creep through the cracks. You know, and um, I, I have full faith in my, in my team. And and the, the minute that I lose that, then yeah, obviously of course I'll I'll. I'll um, try and look to, to join one of the bigger camps uh, worldwide but you know that's not today so um, I'm yeah I'm definitely still based in South Africa and I'm still based with my team and my coach and I'm, I'm very happy right there yeah I mean I, I don't know too much about South, the, the South African um, MMA community yet the, the gym I, I mentioned your, your one teammate but you guys are starting to remind me a little bit of like the, the camp they had down at New Zealand like Israel Adesanya Kaikar yeah. France Dan Hooker a lot of those guys weren't really known and, and everyone from New Zealand went to Australia to train now New Zealand's kind of like a hotbed they, they got something down there so you know like if, yep. if your your coaches are obviously doing the right things and, and, and hopefully you guys you can get some teammates in UFC and represent South Africa that'd be awesome 
Well, you know, we, we've got quite a strong fight culture in, in South Africa, as it is. You know, maybe, maybe uh, MMA is still quite new, but, you know, we, we have some of the best box, uh, lighter weight boxers in the world, and uh, um, our, our, our kickboxing is, is super high level, and, uh, you know, we're a sporting country, and we, we like to compete, you know, um, so it, it, it shouldn't be so much of a surprise that the, that the next thing is MMA and that, that we're going to, you know, obviously stay competitive and try and, and try and do the best that we can in, in, in that sport too. Right. Yeah, I love it. The, you know, a few years ago, the theme was everyone had to go to a big camp. And I'm, I'm sure people benefit from the, the Jacksons and the Winks and, and going out to training with a guy like Jason Perlow and, and Chris Cyborg. But also you got guys like, you know, people don't realize that Max Holloway, he doesn't train with BJ Penn. He's at like a small camp in Hawaii and he's got coaches yeah. that he trusts. And that's like the same situation you have. Obviously, you came in the UFC with with a lot of with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of fights prior to that. And, and you stuck with your team and, and you're, you're getting the results. And, and and that's great, man. I, I like hearing that. Oh yeah, you know, um, like even even Valentina, she 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 has one coach that she's been working with like the entire time, and he, he basically just travels around with her. And um, you know, I, I feel like that 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 relationship that you have and the trust that you have in your team and the coach is actually what gets you the results. You know, trusting in the technique, trusting in in, in the process, and trusting the the things that you're doing in in the camp. Um, that's what gets you the win. Not not necessarily who you're training with it's, it's about having the trust that the, the guy that is there teaching you the stuff and showing you the stuff has the best interest at heart Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. You know, like, you know, some yeah. guys, you know, I, you know, I follow MMA closely and some guys sometimes maybe get lost in the shuffle at a bigger camp because there's a fight every weekend. This guy can't come here. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That you yeah. got a tight knit group and, and you guys are just working. And, and, and I'm telling you, I'm rooting for you guys. Hopefully you guys, everyone on your team just lights the UFC on fire. Um, a couple oh, more yeah. questions. I'm not going to take too much of your time. I'm going to have one more question. Um, I know you said that you're going to, you're going to go back home and, um, and you enjoy the holidays and everything with your family. Do you have any idea when you're going to return? I mean, obviously you don't have anything signed, but do you have any idea on your mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm aiming for for sometime in April. You know, I'm I'm gonna have to get home and, and chat with my coach and and sort of debrief debrief the fight and and think about what we're going to do next and who we want next and what kind of fight we're looking for and uh, and then go from there. You know, but I, I'm I'm aiming for sometime around um, around April just because I I only really get home. To, to my team, which is in Johannesburg, I'm actually from Cape Town, um, near the end of January, you know, and, and and even though I can take I can take short notice fights, it's not a problem. I just don't get in the habit of not doing full camps for fights, you know. I, I'm I'm a firm believer in in preparing for every single fight as best as you can, uh, regardless of the opponent, regardless of the, the the size of the fight, you know, just preparing as hard as you can so that if if something goes wrong, you know, the only person that's accountable is you, you know, and you know that you did everything that you could and you, and you, and you worked as hard as you could. Um, and there's no excuses for that. It's just better on the night, you know, and uh, I, I never want to have the excuse that, oh, I didn't have a proper camp or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I, hopefully that you get a big name. I think you, you, you did. You, you, you kind of had a not a big name, but a guy with a lot of hype in your first fight, and and hopefully we get, you get a a good name that that puts you in the right track. So we're gonna end with uh, I do a top five. So I got top five questions for you. They're gonna come kind of you know some of them are you know they're, they're, I'm gonna take it easy on this since you know we, we're just speaking now. So the number five question is uh, who's your all time favorite fighter? My all-time favorite fighter. Um, wow, that's difficult. I, that's I think it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up toss between, and people are gonna hate me for this, but John Jones. Okay. And George St. Pierre. Okay. It's yeah. A, a 
Yeah, that's that. Those are two good choices. I think uh, you know. I know John Jones has been through a lot of shit. He's uh, with uh, all the the tests and all that stuff. I I regard him as yeah. probably the greatest of all time. I mean, he, he's he's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he, I saw. He, I, he go ahead. I'm sorry. No, he really is. He really is it's unbelievable. Just look at his skill sets and the way that he controls the fight. He, 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 he's, he's special. He is. He really is, yeah. Um, next question is, what's your favorite country you've been to so far? My favorite country that I've been to? Um, damn. I, I, I would have to say Amsterdam, Netherlands. I, I, was in, I was in Amsterdam about two weeks ago, and I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I love the people, and it was super cool to me and super friendly, but, um, you know, it, a, a really, really, really close second would have to be Thailand. You know, I've yeah. been there for so long. I love the culture and I love the people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Number number three. If you could fight anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Don Madge could fight anyone, dead or alive. You have a, This is a tough question. If you don't have an answer, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it could be anybody. Anybody in the world. Anybody. It could be. It could be anybody. Wow, that's insane. That's um, a tough question. That is a tough question. I mean, I, I would, <laughs> I would have to say like, um, man, someone, someone that was just like a real dirtbag, you know, uh, right. probably, you know, probably like a dictator or some some sort of guy, like, right. or, or like. I mean, I got you know, I don't want to, yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't, you, right. You don't have to get like, you know, you might offend somebody or whatever. I understand. Yeah. The, but you're a hero. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I would pick like, you know, Hitler or something like that. I'd kick the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. You know, that's be, and be, right. Yeah. Kick the shit out of him, become a hero. I mean, that's, that, that's the easy answer. Um, number two is going to be who's the best stand up fighter at 155 not named Don Madge? Who's the guy, at one, and you're, who's the one guy in that weight class that you're like, okay, he's, he's, he's got some skills? I mean, I know there's a lot. Um, I, would, I would have to say uh, Edson Barboza. I, yeah. think, I think his stand up is. I think stand-up is really tight. He's got, he's really explosive. He, he, um, he mixes things in well. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think after me, he, he's probably the best stand-up uh, striker in, in the UFC. Yeah, his, his, you know, I tell people the limit training I had, it's, it's not so much getting punched in the face that hurts. It's those leg kicks. It's the body kicks. It's, it's his kicks yeah. are, are insane. All right, that's a good yeah, choice. Yeah. So you, I, I follow you on Instagram. You are a, you know, a quite a handsome man. I saw some pictures where maybe you're a mom. Or whatever. I wrote an article on MMAtakes.com. I, you know, I ranked the best looking MMA fighters. Uh, my number one was Cody Garbrandt. I thought Cody Garbrandt, you know, he's an Ohio guy, kind of kind of gave him the home cooking there with Ohio. So I'm asking you, who do you think's the best looking MMA fighter? The best looking MMA fighter? Yeah. Um, I would have to say Rose Namajunas. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Think, That's a I good choice. She, I, I think she's... I think she's beautiful, man. She's she really and and not a lot of girls can pull off that shape that no. shape hair look. So yeah, she, for her to do that and still look so good, she's a she's a dime. Yeah, she's absolutely gorgeous, and she seems cool. I follow her on social media. She seems cool. she's an amazing fighter. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the shaved head looks tough. So that was the five questions, yeah. Don. You got through it. You got some beautiful answers. Um, I really appreciate the time. Um, I be, if you want, I know you, uh, you you're having a seminar this Saturday. Is that right? Yes, I am. I'm having a seminar here in Huntington Beach at Chris Seibel's gym on Saturday the 15th at 2 p.m. So it's, it's all level striking for MMA or Muay Thai for MMA. So anyone that, that's in the area, in the OC area, you know, put in. 
That's awesome. Um, well, Don, oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. You did aerial show, then you come and do my little show. You got a fan for Thank life. You. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you got a fan for life, buddy. I really appreciate it, and uh, uh, God bless in future. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on. All right, see ya. Bye. So what a lovely human being Don Madge was. It was great talking to him. Uh, never met the guy before, um, just a fan. And I reached out to him, and he was more than accommodating to, to come on the podcast. You know, um, had a lot of fun talking to him. The guy, you know, like like I said, he has a fan for life in me. I'll never root against him. I'll never pick against him. I mean, he was a plus three sixty underdog to T Edwards, and uh, and I and I and I'm so foolish. Not to to place a big big wager on him, but I promise you that that's never going to happen again. I am I'm Team Don Madge for life, and uh, I wish him all the best. Hopefully, you know he uh, he gets uh, returns in the, uh, April around April was what he said. Hopefully, he returns and uh, it, it's a big name. I think they could I think they could really skyrocket this guy if they build him up right. You know, I think the next guy should maybe maybe be. Let's get into it. So the next guy, I think he should fight. Uh, you know, Jim Miller's fighting this weekend. I think a Jim Miller is a big name for him. I don't know if that's a, a little too early for him. Some people might say, you know, Jim Miller's had, you know, three times the amount of fights as Don Match. However, I think that's a good name for him. I think, you know, depending on how Jim Miller looks against Charles Overa, I think that's a real good stepping stone for him to get in the lightweight rankings. I think after Jim Miller, depending on how that goes, you know, another KO, I think we give him, we're looking at top 15. And then once he cracks the top 15, I really think he's going to run through the top 15 pretty quickly. I think he's got a, uh, I think, I think you know he's got a skill set and he's dangerous. You know he's a finisher. He's he's got a ton of experience. I know he's only had what he's eight three and one, so he's only got you know twelve MMA fights, well over sixty Muay Thai fights. He's been around forever. You know he's he's the total package essentially. You know well spoken, nice guy, good looking dude. Uh, you know the sky's the limit for this guy. But I think a Jim Miller type guy might not Jim Miller Joe Lozon's another name that jumps out there I mean Diego Sanchez another one um, these are old guys I don't know if you know older guys I just say old but older guys I don't know if, if the UFC wants to put them in there with a killer like Don but I feel like that's kind of the model of, of building fighters and, and building these these guys like you know a lot of a lot of people are giving the UFC shit for giving Israel Anderson Silva, but that's kind of the model. You know, Rich Franklin fought Ken Shamrock and that propelled him to what Rich Franklin became. And that's kind of the mold. You got to give these guys who, who, who might need, not be super well known to the American audience, a fighter that is well known. And, and I know a lot of people compare it to sleeps at a slaughter and all that shit, but I really think um, a, a fight with someone with a, an old veteran, uh, older veteran, I keep saying old. I don't want to call these guys old because I think I'm like the same age as, as some of them. I know I'm close to Joe Lozon's age. I think he's a little bit older than I am. But, um, you know, I think uh, propel him that and they get him top 15. And when you get in the top 15, I mean, there's some dangerous dudes. There's some there's some real killers at 155. 155 is the premier division in the UFC. It has been for a while. I mean, you got two highly ranked guys coming at you uh, fighting this weekend in Milwaukee, Kevin Lee and Ally Quinta at 155. But, I mean, let's look at the, the, the top 15 right now. You got Paul Felder. You got Dan Hooker. You got Francisco Trinaldo. You got Alex Fernandez. You got James Vick. Michael Chiesa, who's now moving up to 170. So there's a there's a hole right there. Nate Diaz, Ally Quinta is number eight. Pettis, I don't can't believe Pettis is still number seven. I, I, you know, no, no knock on Anthony Pettis, but... 
still ranked seven. Um, Justin Gaethje, Edson Barboza, Kevin Lee, Dustin Poirier, Connor, and then Tony, and obviously Khabib's a champ. Those top 15s, I mean, you put them in there. I mean, Felder is a straight, uh, stand-up guy as well. Uh, I know he's got some boxing background. I, know he, he, I don't know if he has uh, – I know he trains Muay Thai. I don't know if he has a full Muay Thai background like Don does. But there's a lot of guys at top 15. I think if you give them someone outside the top 15 right now, like a Joe Lozon, like a Diego Sanchez, like a – like a, I think Diego might be fighting at 170, though, so maybe I should pump those breaks. I don't know if he's at 55 or not. But uh, you get the idea. But I think the sky's the limit for Don. I'm not just saying that because, you know, he, he did my podcast. I mean, that helps. But I was a fan before I I, I, I flipped out when he when uh, he destroyed T. Edwards like that. But um, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. I really, really do. Can't thank him enough for uh, for being, uh, being on the podcast and joining me. And uh, it was great. So with that being said, after slobbering all over Don Madge, let's get to UFC 231. And we'll get to my picks. Uh, rough night, boys. Rough night. I did six. I went six and seven. I wasn't confident coming to this card. There was a lot of underdogs that really tickled me. That I felt were a little frisky. Um, Brian Ortega. I got him an underdog. I know he closes a favorite, but he was the underdog when I bet him. He was a plus one hundred. Um, I loved Joanna as well. She lost a close decision, but um, you know, one of the ones I hit, Gilbert Burns, was an underdog. I hit. I like that. I won money. I'm up on the on the night. I made some. I made some smart investments, smart moves, did some parlays. So I'm up on the nights. I didn't lose all my money. I didn't go broke. So I'm, I'm, my picks were shit. Six and seven is not great. That's obviously below 500, but, um, I won money. So I guess, you know, my wallet's feeling pretty good, but my ego's not since I picked some of these guys wrong here. Um, top to bottom the card was was pretty good there were some guys out there that really shined i thought alexander Rekic, he uh was getting dropped and tossed around by devin clark a guy who has not really had the greatest ufc run and uh Rekic just came back and and, and and clipped him behind the ear he dropped and then natural finisher i mean we need stars at light heavyweight and Rekic could be one of those guys gilbert learns uh burns look fantastic he hurt Aubrey Mercier, almost every chance he got, um, looked big in there, looked thick, looked strong, you know, I, and and maybe it's my lack of memory of Gilbert Burns. I just don't remember him looking, looking that big in there. Um, he's coming off that knockout loss over Dan Hooker. I didn't know how he's going to be. It, you know, it was, it was a frisky bet. He was at plus, plus 115 when I got him. Um, I thought it was a smart bet. I thought he he's a really world-class guy on the ground. Uh, his striking isn't the cleanest. He might not have the best precision striking in the world, but he's powerful, and he throws. You know, he's not shy. He, he'll get in there and throw, and he hurt Aubrey Mercier quite a few times, who's really hard to look again, good against. You know, I know he's Canadian. He's fighting on home soil. He He's tough to look good against because he's got kind of that, that ugly style where, you know, he's going to lean on you. He's going to grapple. He's going to clinch you, take you down. He can strike as well. But uh, Gilbert Burns looked really good. Eric Anders, uh, I lost that. He was a a slight under. He closed at a slight under. It was it was a pretty even line. Eric Anders lost to Elias Sodoro by split decision. Um, not crazy about that decision. I thought Eric Anders won two to one. The rounds were close. The second round, however, he was knocking Elias all over the cage. And Elias said nothing really hurt him. He still was getting hit. It appeared to it appeared to me that he got dropped a few times, but Elias uh, uh, snuck uh, snuck a decision in there. Jessica I, who looked fantastic, her third straight win at 125. She was an underdog. I missed that. Caitlin Kachegi, uh, Kachegian, I'm mispronouncing her name. I'm sorry, Caitlin. She, uh, you know, she's fantastic. She's a great fighter. She, um, 
you know, it was a close fight. It, it, it really was. I did have I winning though, and uh, yeah, it, it it was a close fight on paper and in the cage. I think the, they got the lines right. Claudia Gadella, man, I can't get this girl right. I, I I put all my money on Carla. She won a split decision, which I thought she lost, and then Nina Antros was a plus two eighty underdog came in and got the took to took care of business, as I say, take care of business. She uh, outpointed Claudia Gadela. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good call. I thought it was a good decision. Uh, Nina's tough. Nina, ever since you know she th- you know thought she was gonna walk away, she just keeps winning, fighting these uh, these really high ranked girls at one fifteen. I think the sky's the limit for her. Her partner, her wife. I'm not sure if they are officially married, but her partner, Amanda Nunez, obviously on top of the division as well. She's fighting Cyborg soon, so uh, it's good to have that you know that person in your life that's at the top of the game and one of the best that they do what they do. It's obviously gonna rub off on you. So the main card, I mean, the craziest fight of the night was Tiago Santos versus Jimmy Manowal. Another underdog I missed. I really thought Manowal was going to be too big, too strong, too powerful for Santos. Um, Santos has shown a lack of chin in the past. Dave Brands knocked him out. He's been knocked out a few times. He's been dropped a few times. But that guy's heart, man. If you look at what he's done in the past year and a half, moving up to 205, and some of the fights he puts on, like, this guy just doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's coming at you. And he's making an action-packed, and he doesn't give a shit about Anything else but knocking you out in in, in 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 winning the fight or getting knocked out. I don't think he really cares about getting knocked out. I think he's going to knock you out or get knocked out. He's had some great performances of some real tough guys. Um, you know, 205, we need stars. You know, an Anthony Smith rematch that they fought about a year and a half ago. It was a very close fight. Smith hurt Santos. Santos hurt Smith to the body and finishing Smith. Smith's last loss in UFC, that was at 185. Um, I know Smith's highly ranked. I know what what is he? I got in front of me here. What is he ranked at two hundred five right now? So Anthony Smith is uh, where are you at? I asked. Okay, Anthony Smith is currently third, and Tiago Santos at two hundred five is not ranked, which I think is a, is a glitch in the matrix. Tiago Santos definitely needs to be ranked. So Anthony Smith's at three right now. Um, I think Anthony Smith is going to hold out for the winner of John Jones, Alex, Alexander Gustafson, which makes sense. But I would love to see that Santos rematch. Crazy fight. Insane fight. Jimmy Manawal landed a huge left hook, left uppercut, left hook. I thought Santos was folded. I jumped up like, it's over. I won. And Santos ate it, came back, was throwing some crazy shit. Beautiful knockout on the cage of Jimmy Manawal. Crazy fight. Crazy fight. Then you had Kyle Bognak versus he, Hakeem Dawu. I got this fight right. Hakeem, a lot of people love Bognak as the under. I can understand why he's tough as nails. Pretty good wrestler. Uh, tough on the feet. You're not going to hurt him. You're not going to slow him down. But Hakeem, Hakeem was too slick. Too slick, too quick. Um, he looked really good in there. Uh, he's Canadian. He showed out for his crowd. Wasn't probably the most exciting fight. Wasn't the most jam-packed fight. But I thought Hakeem really showed his skill. I thought he looked really clean on the feet. Bogniak showed how gritty and tough he is. And, uh, it, you know, good for Hakeem. Alex Oliveira versus Gunnar Nelson. Crazy fight. Gunnar lost the first round. I thought, I said, what you know, did this guy come back too soon from the knee injury? Did he put on too much muscle? Um Crazy stuff. And then just second round, got the takedown, and it looked like he fucking hit Cowboy Oliveira with an axe, dude. He threw an elbow. Uh, I mean, the only other guy from recent memory that I can think of that got elbowed and looked like they got a fucking axe in their head was Joe Stevenson versus BJ Penn way back at UFC 80, I believe. Or uh, was it 80? I think it was 80. It was when BJ won the the, uh, lightweight title for the first time. Just a lot of blood, and and this gushed quickly. Cowboy Cowboy Oliveira is one of the toughest guys, you know, 
I mean, all these guys are tough. But one of the toughest guys in UFC um, immediately went, rolled to the side. Gunner took his back. He tapped before the choke. I mean, it was a mess, this thing. And, and then he posted a picture of it. 29 stitches on this guy's fucking head, man. It's golly. That's nuts. But uh, good for Gunner. I'm a fan of Gunner. I'm glad he won. Uh, interesting guy. I think he's got some power on the feet. I think if he opened up his hands a little bit more, the takedowns will come. And he's really heavy on top. He didn't look great on the bottom. Cowboy had, a, you know, Cowboy was wailing on him from the from the top, and and, and Gunner was really wasn't putting feet on hips, wasn't really trying to scramble, just kind of maybe weathered it a little bit. Maybe he knew what he was doing, obviously, you know. But he's not a killer off his back. Um, he's he's obviously a pressure fighter. He, he likes to come forward. He likes to to be on top and and, and work his game that way. I think if he opens his hands up just a little bit more, I think his striking is good. I think he's powerful. I think all the takedowns will come after that. Co-main event, uh, Joanna Jojotic versus Alexander Shachenko. Um, kind of how I thought it would go. I, I, you know, I loved Joanna at plus two fifty-five. It's just such a value bet to me. It, it really was. Um, Shevchenko is like perfect though. Her striking is like perfect, right? She doesn't make mistakes. You're not going to catch this girl with some wild punch that she doesn't see coming, right? You're not going to you're not going to catch her off balance when she's throwing her kicks. Her spinning back kicks land it two or three times and they're perfect. She's just so technically good. I really don't know if there's many female fighters at 115, 135 or 125 that's really going to give her a match. I mean, you're going to have to get like, you know, Amanda Nunes beat her, but it was a close decision. You're going to have to get like a bigger girl to really march her down. But like her striking is perfect. She seems strong for the weight class, heavy on top. She took Joanna down several times. Joanna's great at uh, defending with her hips, getting her legs out of there. All her takedowns came from the clinch, like a high clinch drops her down, like a, almost like a judo throw. Um, very technical fight. Uh, wasn't my favorite fights. Unfortunately, obviously, because I lost because I was rooting for Yana, but it was very technical. I, I you know, Jessica Eyes, a name they're throwing around for Subchenko next. 125 is not the deepest division, so I, I can see I getting in. I think you want to look great at 125. Um, I love the fact that she's walking around fight week excited and, and not cutting a tremendous amount of weight. But um, I, I, I think I like Yoana at 115 a little bit better. At least right now, I think she's young enough still to cut the weight. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty good fight. Uh, didn't didn't call that one right. But uh, good for Chotenko. She's going to be tough at 125. I, I really don't know who's going to who's gonna compete with her. Jessica I is tough, but I just don't know if she's strong enough or big enough or has the skills to really mess with Chotenko. And then the main event, the fight that I have been looking forward to, one of the most anticipated fights for me, in 2018 was Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway. You must have forgot. I know I certainly did how good Max was. I took Ortega. I was very confident in this. Put a lot of money on Ortega. I got him at a plus 100. Um, if you listen to the live reaction, I believe Steve, my buddy, got him at a plus 120. So we both were rooting for Ortega. But let me tell you something. Max Holloway. Maybe one of the best featherweights. I know he dismissed it and said that Jose Aldo was the best, and he's still catching Jose. And I can understand that. I mean, because Max has really only defended about twice. Um, he looked phenomenal. He looked so good coming forward. Uh, you know, point to the mat, hands down, throwing punches, broke all the punch stat records, laying at so many headshots. Ortega showed so much toughness. Um, Ortega had one good round in the third. I gave it to Ortega. I know some people did not. Very close round. I mean, Max was never out of it at all. I think he might have even coasted through that round, maybe took that round off. Ortega went guns a-blazing that round. 
Fourth round was, I thought they maybe should have stopped it in between the fourth and fifth. They did. I thought maybe the corner should have stepped in. It's tough because you got a guy who was losing almost every minute of the Clay Guida fight and then came back and need him and, and knocked him out. He was uh, maybe not losing the Makana fight, but he was definitely in a fight. It, it could have went either way on the judges. And, um, you know, he got that choke and, and choked him out. This is a guy that, you know, comes back from adversity and stuff like that. I just felt like his game plan, Ortega, that is, was a little. I think you got to pressure Max. I think it's hard to pressure him. If you want to take somebody down, it's it's not that easy to take him down when you're backing up, unless you're an absolute sick wrestler who's got some crazy, crazy double legs or single legs. Um, you got to press forward, and, and Max set set the pace right away. He's coming forward. He's punching you. He, you know, it's almost like a Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz esque performance where it was his punches coming nonstop, work the body, work the head. Not a lot of leg kicks for Max. I, I don't see him kicking on that much. Uh, anymore. Um, I know uh, he threw a couple head kicks, obviously, but nothing too crazy to the legs. He looked incredible. I can't get enough of Max. Um, the debate now is, should he go up to 55? Obviously, the bigger fights are at 55, but there's some big fights at 45, right? Moicano's never fought Max, right? I like the Moicano fight. I would like a rematch with Ortega in maybe a year or two. I think he still needs to fight Frankie. I think Frankie's out there. I obviously don't want to see the Jose thing. You can't, you know, don't give me Jose at, 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 at again at, uh, at 145. You know, I, I, I just don't want to see it. He's fought everybody, but there's two guys he hasn't fought. Meccano, and a lot of people don't think Meccano's even going to be a matchup for him. And Frankie, I think Frankie's interesting because Frankie's so good at taking people down. So what we haven't really seen, I mean, Max Holloway, I know this was forever ago, but, you know, he got taken down by Dustin Poirier in his UFC debut and got submitted. In his Conor McGregor fight, in the se- second round on, Conor was taking him down and, and, and because he blew his knee out, so he started taking him down. And then in his Bermudez fight, which was a close fight, a lot of people thought he won, Bermudez was taking him down. So I know this was forever ago. I know Max uh, has has shored up his his takedown defense, obviously. Uh, Ortega got him down, but not really. Got him, Took him down, got his legs up, but Max popped right back up. Um, I still want to see him at 45. I think there's two or three more fights still at 45. I know the big fights are at 55. Khabib and Tony have to fight. I don't want anybody to leapfrog in Tony. I know Khabib's out for a while with the commission. I know he's got to straighten some of that shit out. Um, but, uh, you know, 55, obviously, Connor's a good one. But they're going to put that as a non-title. Uh, just a main event somewhere. I think you know both those guys might be interested in that. I'm not sure. Uh, these guys want to get paid. I get that. But I think 45 is, you know, because if he leaves 45, then you're going to have, what, Frankie fight McConnor for the title. Um, Ortega's going to be out for a little bit. I know Ortega probably deserves a shot. I mean, let, let me look at 145 real quick. I mean, the, the top of the heap. You got Ortega, you got Aldo, you got Frankie, you got McConnor, you got Mendez. Those are the top five. With Max obviously being champion. So Ortega hasn't fought Jose, knocked out Edgar, submitted uh, Moicano, and hasn't fought Mendez. Mendez is fighting Wojanski here at the end of this month. So obviously we're going to have a lot of answers to that. Mendez can't beat Aldo. He's had two tries. Frankie can't beat Aldo. Um, so, I mean, the, if Max leaves, there's a lot of shakeup in that division. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I still think he can be competitive. It's all about the weight cut. I want Max healthy. I want everybody healthy. I usually don't condone the weight cut. I want guys to fight more at their natural weight. But I think if Max is doing it right and doing it healthy, I think he can be that. But uh, oh, amazing performance by Max Holloway. Incredible. I loved every second of it. I thought he, it was a great performance by him. Ortega showed incredible toughness. I'm glad they stopped it when they did. Um, fights like that take a lot out of a young guy. It, it, it can be too much at times. And 
Ortega's game, he's tough as they come. Um, I loved his heart. I loved his competitiveness. He would have walked out there in round five. If it was a 10-round fight, he would have walked out there as much as, if his body would have let him for 10 more rounds. The kid's that tough. Uh, and Max is that good. And Max is tough, too. I mean, Max walked, walked through some big punches, too. Um, that was a big question mark for me because, you know, there was all this talk about he had a stroke and he had a concussion and it was a brain injury and, and everything like that. And a guy who's been through a brain injury before – Sometimes they don't have answers right away. It takes a while and it takes a lot of testing and, and to figure out exactly what it is. Um, by no means do I think they rush Max back. But going to that fight, the reason I picked Ortega was there was a big question mark if Max could take it like he used to. You know, with Josie Aldo, the second fight, he was walking through everything just to land his shots. Incredible chin on Max. And I was wondering if he can take that against a, a guy like Brian Ortega, who's a big 145er and who hits who hits hard. You know, he, he you know might not have the, like one punch knockout power, but he but he can put your lights out for sure. And um, so there's a lot of interesting twists and a lot of different things I want to see going on. Max proved me wrong. It's 12 or 13 fights in a row. I think it's his 12th fight in a row that he's won. Crazy, crazy stuff from Max Holloway. Uh, he's only 27. You know, he's that much better. I think though. If it was up to me, I'd keep him at 145 for two more fights, at least. Um, if Ortega comes in and fights Mendez, which I think might make sense if for his comeback fight, or Volchansky, whoever wins that fight. If Ortega wins that impressively, maybe a rematch, you know. Um, but just all around, just an amazing event, amazing main events uh, as well. Max put on a show for everybody, and uh, I loved it. I loved the fights. I loved, uh, I loved the card. So... Okay. All right. So um, not like a ton of uh, news, but uh, I guess um, the big one would be John Jones had his, his meeting with the California State Athletic Commission yesterday, I believe, and they approved him. So his fight in December 29th is a good to go. Apparently, USADA and one of the commissioners gotten a little tiff about whatever. I didn't watch it. I just I just listened to or read the play-by-play on Twitters. Um, and then you got... The Greg Hardy situation, you know how I feel about Greg Hardy. I think he's a big pile, uh, big pile of shit. Uh, I don't. He's officially signed to UFC now. Um, they need heavyweights and these stars. He's obviously knocking people out. Whatever. Rachel Ostrich, I think I'm mispronouncing her name right. A month ago, maybe even three weeks ago, her husband just got caught with domestic abuse, busted her eye up. She pulled from the, the page fight. Then she said, no, I'm going to fight because her orbital bone wasn't broken. They are now booked on the same card in January. A lot of people think the UFC is a little bit tone deaf. Dana got a little chippy, got a little upset at reporter saying it's booked. I asked her if it's all right. She said, yes. End of it. Got a little upset. Um, Listen, I love Dana. I like Dana a lot. But if you're going to sign a guy like Greg Hardy... You're going to sign a guy, a lightning rod guy, where you're going to get a lot of people questioning it. You're going to get a lot of article write-ups. You're going to get a lot of people hating this guy because of his past. you got to expect the questions. You can't be aggravated already, you know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I knew was, he was going to sign. I mean, I went on my rant after he they signed him from the contender series. Uh, I mean, I knew it was going to happen. But, you know, I just, you know, and they gave him Alan Crowder his first fight. Um, I, I, you know, I know they need stars at heavyweight, but it, and it looks like they're going to kind of play it safe with them. They're going to give them guys that they know he can beat, and 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 they're going to give them guys that um, aren't much of a threat to him um, right away because they're going to want to build him up. But I mean, the only benefit I see Greg Hardy being in the UFC is he gets to get knocked out in front of everybody, and that's I I can't wait that you're a heavyweight, you're going to get knocked out one point one way or another. 
So I guess that's really it on news. I know there's UFC this Saturday. I will be doing a full pick'em card that will be out Friday. Your ear, your ears should be listening to this Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, maybe. No, Wednesday morning. Yeah, you'll be listening to this Wednesday morning. So um, Friday, I'll have the pick'em cards for UFC Milwaukee. A couple guys I like. Little teaser. I'm looking at the sheet now that I that I was going over. A couple guys I like. And, uh, yeah, you got to stay tuned for that. So thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening because you, you turned in, uh, tuned in to listen to the great Don Madge, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for Don Madge for letting me interview you. You did not have to do that. You were uh, a kind sir, a very gentle, a very nice gentleman. I do want to say... I'm really terrible at ending these podcasts. I think I end them different every time. I don't know what to say. I don't really have a jingle to play me off. I don't, you know, buy. I don't know. I, I don't do buys all that great. If you listen to, you obviously just listen to Don Madge interview. Um, when we were wrapping up, I was, you know, doing my thing or whatever, complimenting him, telling him he's got a fan for life, which is true. And uh, I said, God bless. <clears throat> I've never said God bless ever. Maybe if someone sneezed. It's not something I say. It's not like in my vocabulary. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, you know, if you say God bless to me, I would say thank you. You know, I, it's just, it's so funny because I, you know, I let my wife listen to it and everything like that. And she laughed at me and, and, and I told my friend, I said, you know, I just, I just interviewed Don Madge. It went great. But I said, God bless before I left. So God bless. And I just went, my body instantly like was like sweating. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I, I don't think he th- thought anything of it because we don't really know each other that well, but as as I know myself and I'm just like, that's not something you say. That's I've never spoken those words before. I've definitely never said, you know, when someone left, but God bless you again, nothing bad. I don't, you know, I don't, I, if you say it, that's great. It's just, it was so out of character to me. And it's because I just froze up. I didn't, I wasn't nervous at all for the non-magic you. I had a blast. I was looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to it all week. It was so fun. And, uh, it, I was excited. And so, but right when, right at the tail end of the podcast, I, you know, when we were saying goodbye to each other, God bless. I didn't know what to say. And, uh, I want to bring that up. I want to address it because if you listen to if you listen to the interview towards the end, if I you know if I'm fumbling my words and 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 saying God bless, and you're thinking, okay, that was weird. You know, what, what, I've never he doesn't sign the podcast off that way. What's this guy doing? That's why. I guess I got nervous. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was nervous. I don't know what it was. But thank you, Don Madge. Thank you for listening and. Follow me on Twitter. You know what? I, every time I've had the podcast, I've said follow me on Twitter and follow me on Instagram. I've had two new people follow me. So thank you for those people. Get my Twitter numbers up. Let's go. Twitter at MMA Takes on Twitter. Instagram at MMA Takes.com on Instagram. Type in MMA Takes. It should pop up. Let's do this. All right.